Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Elphick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week we are bringing you April 9th through the 15th, back in the 20th century in 1999, kind of where we belong. Last week was an April Fool's joke because that's what people on the internet do, right? How long did it take you to catch on? Probably not long. Yeah, uh, hopefully hopefully pretty soon. But we're back where we need to be, and let's start off with April 9th. How about that? All right, so on this date, Isaac Hempstead Wright walked into the world, or rather was pushed into it. He is Bran from Game of Thrones, so happy birthday to you, Bran. Yeah. Uh, also, father fined $1,000 for letting girls climb Central Park Tree. Park Rangers handed Anthony Avellino a $1,000 ticket because his daughters, aged 9 and 11, and their 11-year-old friend were caught climbing a Japanese white pine tree in Central Park. Avellino, who didn't immediately return calls to his home, told the newspaper that he would fight the ticket, which cites him for, quote, destruction, defacement, or abuse of a tree. He said that his kids have been climbing trees in Central Park for nine years, which strikes me as something you might not want to admit when you're getting fined for it happening once, but hey, what do I know? They didn't even give them a warning. Officials said uh, because the tree was damaged, they have to bring photographs and prove that it was you know, actually damaged in court. So this seems like a pretty big deal over something very innocuous. Yeah, I think so. It's uh, it's a little, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think give the guy a warning. If it's a fucking rare tree or something, don't climb that. We have the power to fine you because... Climbing trees in a park is kind of a thing that people do. Well, just put one of those, like, adorable one-foot-tall fences around it. <laughs> Let's move uh-huh. on to April 10th. Yep. Uh, today, a charity tribute concert, the concert for Linda McCartney, is held at the Royal Albert Hall in London. Here, there, and everywhere, a concert for Linda. Features performances by Paul, Mac- Paul McCartney. Kind of makes sense. Chrissy Hynied of The Pretenders. Elvis Costello, Sinead O'Connor, and George Michael. Proceeds raised at the event went to animal rights causes. Good thing. Ooh, speaking of animal rights, Pinky, Elmira, and the Brain aired its final episode today. To which I say, whatever. That is fitting. Moving on to April 11th, Fox airs new Sunday block, which includes The World's Funniest, the Simpsons, and the season premiere of Family Guy and also The X-Files. That's pretty, that's pretty solid. Yeah, it's a good block. I mean, Family Guy back in the 90s and even into the first couple years of the 2000s was, at the time, kind of a groundbreaking show. It was good. Regardless of whether or not it was groundbreaking, it was good. It was fresh. Yeah, agreed. Uh, also on this date, Girl 12 gets ice cream trucks back. This is out of Sudbury, Massachusetts. But I didn't know Massachusetts had a Sudbury. Apparently it does. The ice cream man returned to this town thanks to an eloquent 12-year-old girl. Sarah Gentile persuaded nearly 300 grown-ups at Wednesday night's town meeting to allow ice cream trucks back into the small town 20 miles outside of Boston. The sixth grader did her homework for a presentation, having written to nearly a dozen town clerks and police chiefs in nearby communities that allow ice cream trucks. Not all heroes wear capes. That is very true. Um, She is not the hero we deserve, but the hero that Sudbury, Massachusetts needs. Clearly. 
Yeah, ice cream trucks. I don't think we have ice cream trucks around here. Like, does Hamilton have any? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. No, you no, only... food trucks aren't allowed aside from at, like, special events. Yeah, same in Niagara Falls. You can't have them on public streets or anything like that. The closest thing I can think of that you probably remember from around here is the knife truck. No, but there there was an ice cream truck. Yeah, probably, like, in the 90s. No, I mean, in Niagara Falls, like, there was an ice cream truck in the early 2000s that was driving around, probably operating illegally. That's the kind of law-breaking we can get behind. That is, like, the Robin Hood of our times. Can you even be punished for illegally handing out ice cream? It's not like the guy was climbing a tree. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, you know what you can be punished for? On April 12th, (laughs) U.S. President Bill Clinton is cited for contempt of court for giving intentionally false statements in sex in his sexual harassment civil lawsuit uh, i did that's... not have sexual relations with that woman what is is and <laughs> this is uh i remember this fondly a time when the president got called out for lying and there were consequences for it oh it's like a nothing more than a gleam in your eye now yeah also today game spy launches web music scanner A Newport Beach company today unveils the final version of software that acts like an internet music version of a car radio scan button. More than 500 cybercasters, I feel like this is a proto-podcast word, now stream music onto the internet using a compression format called MP3. The new tool by GameSpy Industries allows a computer uh, to find MP3 stations by clicking on the genre of music that interests them. Previously, users had to know where to find real-time streaming MP3 stations, which do not always run around the clock. Internet radio. It's a thing in 1999, and, you know, doesn't this feel a little... kind of feels like proto-podcasting? Yeah, it... you would think that it would be much further along than it actually is. In a way, it probably was. Uh, things like This American Life in some form existed as, I think downloadable content since the 90s oh no what i what i mean is that like given how long ago this started you would think that internet radio quote unquote now would be better and further along than it actually is like everything's still segmented there is no one easily accessible place to get all of this you can't go to one spot for all of your podcasts and music and like everything streaming on whatever device you want like it's all still pretty segmented yeah sort of and that's i think competition i mean you've got apple with podcasts uh and then android and windows there's just no real clear winner in podcast software uh radio has made some headway with things like iHeartRadio, basically dominating most traditional radio streaming online yeah yeah yeah, that's true. All right, moving on to April 13th. Tal Bachman's album, uh, self-titled, came out today. The oh, only Tal reason Bachman. you would know this name is because of the song, She's So High. And I guess maybe if you're like a diehard BTO fan so much that you know every detail about Randy Bachman may also be another reason you know who Tal Bachman is. Yeah, maybe. So She's uh, So High. That's the only reason. Yeah. Also on April 13th, Walmart settled suit over Halogen Lampfire. A San Diego family reached an $11 million settlement with Walmart Stores Incorporated and an Arkansas importer over a fire that apparently started when a halogen light bulb exploded, leaving a four-year-old girl severely burned. Walmart, which sold the lamp, and Cheyenne Industries Incorporated of Little Rock, 
which imported it from China, denied in court documents that a product defect caused the fire. The settlement reached Friday and disclosed to the Times on Monday by the family's attorney also includes no admission of liability. No one did anything wrong. I love how like these companies will fork out like this is literally 10 of millions of dollars. 11. Yep. But no admission of guilt. Here's 11 million dollars. But no, we didn't do anything wrong. Oh, yeah, that's that's beautiful. That is the like U.S. litigious litigious legal legal system. Hey, also speaking of light bulbs, speaking of uh, Walmart, have you gotten any of those light bulbs? No. What are you talking about? Oh, man, there's this coupon. I mean, um, I think it's an Ontario thing uh, where you you can save eight dollars on like purchase of light bulbs and they've got a three pack of LEDs for nine bucks. Ooh. Yeah, it is some good shit. This podcast many... is not sponsored in any way by Walmart, but get on that deal, guys. How many podcasts are you listening to that come with reasonable light bulb advice? You are welcome, Internet. Yeah, I mean, stuck in the 90s. You know one thing that's not stuck in the 90s? Our light bulb choice. We don't Energy need incandescent efficiency. lights. Oh, yeah, that is what we are all about here. How about we move on to April 14th? Let's. During the Kosovo War, NATO warplanes repeatedly bomb ethnic Albanian refugee convoys for two hours over a 12-mile stretch of road after mistaking them for Serbian military Serbian military trucks. Holy shit, this is, was in western Kosovo, and they killed at least 73 refugees. What the fuck, NATO? That, uh, wow. Oof. All right, yeah. let's let's just slide right past that into our final day, April 15th. Apple posts a profit, making it six in a row. Apple Computer on Wednesday announced its sixth consecutive profitable quarter, posting operating earnings of $93 million, or 60 cents a share, as it continued to ride the success of its innovative new designs and products, such as the iMac personal computer. The performance, which beat Wall Street's expectations by three cents a share, was up 58% from a year ago. And excludes the effects of one-time gains and a charge related to workforce cuts. The problem with stocks is that, like, reading this, if you see that a stock is up 58% from a year ago, many investors are inclined to think, oh, this might be overvalued, or, you know, maybe it's finally hit what it's actually worth. I shouldn't invest. Looking back, if you had invested in Apple on the week of April 9th to 15th, 1999, you probably have too much money to be listening to a podcast like this. Oh, yeah, that is is very, very possible. I mean... And it was so hard to predict back then because they were still, you know, pretty much purely a PC manufacturer at the time. Uh, This was approximately two years after Steve Jobs returned to the company, and that was already showing its its effects. And we're two years away from the introduction of the iPod. Yeah. Okay, serious question. Little off topic, serious question. Do you think that there are any rich people who listen to our show? Because, like, we've got a fair fair size listener base. What's uh? I mean, what are we? What are we saying? Rich, like at a minimum, millionaires. Are there are there millionaires? I don't know. To, I don't know like, if there's statistically, there's probably a couple sprinkled in there. You think? I mean, that, maybe that like family money. I uh, I don't know if there's any millionaire millionaires out there. Hit us up. We won't even ask you for money. I mean, if I you mean, want to sponsor us, we'll we'll we can do it. But we, we can, might hint at it. Yeah, but like it would just be curious to know the. De- I mean, I don't know. Do we need to get into demographics? Probably not. All right, let's slide into the Billboard 200, which yeah. I know you're very excited about because the oh, yeah. number one 
the top selling album this week is something called Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Spears. Sorry. Britney Britney Sears. She's uh she's the great granddaughter of Sears Roebuck. Ah. Yeah. Um but for real though, uh groundbreaking album as far as I am concerned, as far as pop music is concerned, containing probably 10 to 12 songs three of them are good uh maybe four we've got baby one more time obviously uh let's see sometimes and you drive me crazy those are those are are definitely at least three good songs and there might be ooh, born to make you happy might be on this one maybe don't take me on don't take me don't take my word on that but perfect album i mean if you forget the like seven other songs <laughs> uh, in the number two spot, something I am a much bigger fan of the Slim Shady LP by Eminem. I mean, this is a good album as well because it uh, it promotes activity um, in youth. Uh, he exercise um, in which he requests that people stand up and oh get active, right? <laughs> this is basically he's basically Michelle Obama. You like, understand this before. album better than anyone. Oh yeah, totally. Moving down this list, uh we have Fan Mail by TLC, The Miseducation awesome of Lauren songs. Hill. Uh oh, ugh. come on yeah. over, Shania Twain at 5. Yeah. Oh, number 6, we've got uh, Americana by The Offspring. This has some good songs on it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, 7 Believe by Cher. These are very definingly late 90s albums. They really are. Uh, I mean, I don't I know you're not a big Cher fan, but it's still it's still a very influential song for the time. Speaking of defining the late 90s. Wide Open Spaces by the Dixie Chicks. That is a band that we haven't really talked about. That's cuz I don't I don't know anything about the Dixie Chicks. They were there. Earl like... had to die. That is what I know. And believe in my heart. Okay, I'll take. I'm taking your word on that. And uh, finishing out the top ten, we've got finally by Blackstreet, and uh, 100% genuine by Genuine. And that doesn't really matter. You know why? Pony came out in 1996, so I don't think there's anything good on this. <laughs> genuine had already fallen off by then. Yeah, he's basically a one-hit wonder. <sighs> All right. Jumping into the box office, uh, we've been mixing up the box office lately, but due to just the sheer number of movies on here, we're going to go back to back to our roots and, and rhyme off a couple of the best ones. So as we've mentioned a few times, the late 90s is when the Megaplex came in. So our movie listings go from, you know, 12, maybe 15 uh, out to 60. So just the top few, like the top three alone. So The Matrix in the number one spot. Oh yeah, the, and that's doing very well in its second week, and you know. Oh, this this movie was like life changing for me. This is oh, one of yeah. those movies that At I will time, never forget. The first it time was I saw insane. it, insane. I was kind of freaked out the first time I saw it. Just uh, the idea of possibly living in a computer simulation at the time did not settle with me very well. At two, we have never been kissed. Ooh, we've got that's Drew Barrymore, right? I think so. I'm clicking on it. Uh, hey. That looks like Drew Barrymore. Okay. That is Drew Barrymore. There it is. Oh, wow. Small roles in this include Jessica Alba and James Franco. Uh, small and up and coming. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, at number three, Ten Things I Hate About You, movie I'm a little bit more familiar with. Um, I haven't seen it. That's crazy. There's a lot of movies that I want to watch that I just haven't, I just haven't got around to it. You got to uh, stand up, but then sit down. 
and, yeah. and watch movies. Yeah, uh, I need to. Moving, yeah. Moving down this list, Analyze This is on here. That was an okay one. Doug's first movie. Ooh, nice, nice, nice. Something I was into at the time. Shakespeare yeah, Doug in was Love awesome. is on here. Ed TV. Uh, I never saw it, but that's a movie I heard a lot about. I've seen Ed TV. I, yeah, I don't remember enjoying it. It's not something I've seen since it came out. Yeah, it's uh, got McConaughey. Ooh, October Sky. October Sky. That's the one uh, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal or Tobey Maguire, maybe? Uh, yeah, a young Jake Gyllenhaal. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I, I think I saw this in history class in grade 10 or 11. Oh, we, we definitely did. Yeah, yeah, and Mr. Hunter movie. was probably hung over that day. Do you think he listens <laughs> to the show? <laughs> no, I, I can almost guarantee that he doesn't. <laughs> Do we just call him out? Like, I, uh, I mean, yeah, if there's any high school teachers I could see not giving a shit about any of the things we do, I mean, at least this podcast, I don't, I just don't see it tickling his particular fancy. Chris, he's the fucking history teacher. Yeah. If there's any fancy to be tickled, it's that one. Do you really think that what we're doing is, I mean, we Tickling? are we are gr- like grazing the surface of history. Trying we're to mostly use the word making tickle shit as much up. as possible. Yeah, um, tickle and your and a high school history teacher in the same sentence. Very peculiar. Let's move on from that. Uh, Saving yeah, Private that's... Ryan is on here. A Bug's Life, Cruel Ooh, Intentions, Patch Adams. Ooh. All oh. of these are excellent movies. Lock, Stock, yeah. and Two Smoking Barrels is one of my Blast favorite from movie the past. Titles. We got Brendan Fraser. Even Brendan Fraser made the list. That's how. Oh. That's how inclusive and great fucking 1999 was. Right. We'll be yeah. talking about Brendan Fraser in a bit. I didn't write it down, so I hope I don't forget. All right. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on from this. You know what? Let's talk about him right now. Let's get into some 90s news now. Yes. I. On Thursday, Thursday evening, I was at my computer, I just sat down, I had a tea, and I see on my Facebook feed that someone has posted a theatrical trailer to a movie called The Mummy. I open it, (laughs) and it is uh, Tom Cruise is starring in it. There are mummies. There are other actors and actresses. But I noticed a distinct uh, disappearance of, of Brendan Fraser. Bah? Like the, the new mummy, right? Yeah, new mummy with Tom Cruise. The trailer's out. Did not see any Brendan Fraser. Was uh, disappointed. That is that is quite disappointing. Uh, just give him a chance. Yeah. Um. Uh, Brendan Fraser, come back to us. We need a lot of things to come back to us from the '90s. And some of you might uh, might know this one's coming. Uh, last week, this is a this was a tough one to really fully articulate because you have just started watching this show, I believe. That is correct. Literally and yesterday. Yeah, really, I have been hounded by by certain friends to start watching Rick and Morty. Uh, yeah. I will. I want to. The show looks fantastic. I've seen some clips from it, and they are fucking hilarious. I just time is a thing. So Szechuan um, sauce. Yeah, holy the problem, shit. The problem is that these words don't mean much to us. I do remember this sauce being a thing at McDonald's. I do, like, maybe maybe this is just in my, like, McDonald's research from McPizza, but I know that Szechuan sauce was a thing that people enjoyed and missed dearly. Mm-hmm. I know I never had the Szechuan sauce personally, but this, to me, uh, invoked just a different feeling, um, something that I haven't felt in a while looking back and seeing some of the 90s promotions all these limited time things i watched uh, some of the 
some of the commercials and tie-ins that they had for Szechuan sauce and Mulan and McDonald's. And fuck, those commercials just really brought me back. Hit the spot. Uh, very, yeah, very briefly for those who don't know, uh, they talk about, uh, well, yeah, Rick is talking about Szechuan sauce um, in, in a clip. It's really funny. And if you don't watch Rick and Morty, you need to be like me and and eventually do it because I feel like I'm missing out. I am literally two episodes in. It's yeah. super fucking weird. Uh, oh, but yeah. But pretty like, good, funny, right? though. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to mention myself about 90s news now is uh, I've seen Power Rangers now. I went to see it on Wednesday. I am. Mm, I knew we were going to get here. I was wicked busy this week. Did not have the time to go to the movies. Wanted to go today, but it was way too nice outside to be oh, inside. Oh, God. It so was I did super not go nice inside. out today after uh, we had... It snowed yesterday. Like, or the day before. Whatever. Yeah, it, it snowed it recently. It snowed yesterday, but it was like 14 out, which I think in in Fahrenheit is, what, maybe 60? Yeah. I mean, after a day of below zero temperatures for us, having something in the low teens was fucking nice. Oh, I was uh, wearing it, shorts. It felt so shorts good. and a really? late sweater. Wow. Um... But yeah, I've seen Power Rangers now. What is your spoiler-free review? I have a I lot know. of people kind of hyped it up a little more than I thought it would be. Uh, I don't know if we said this on the podcast, but one of our mutual friends, Greg, uh, defined it as one of his best go- movie-going experiences of his life. You Not did necessarily say that. saying that the movie was great, but that it was fun. And it was certainly a lot of fun. The movie was all right. Uh, I have often thought about how I would reimagine Power Rangers, and it hit on a couple of the same points that I wanted to hit. Uh, but overall, I do look forward to hopefully sequels. And as far as destroying movie franchises, it didn't, you know, it didn't pull a Transformers. It didn't pull a Ninja Turtles. So I've got, I still have hope. Okay, I have a few, just, just your opinion, thumbs up or thumbs down questions. All right. I, I like this. Let's go. Character development. Ooh, I mean, thumbs up, but there was almost too much. Rita Repulsa. Ooh, hmm. A thumbs up, actually. Zordon? Zordon, big thumbs up. Alpha. Surprisingly, surprisingly, my thumb is upward. Like, I was very okay. worried. Um, P- putties. Putties, thumbs down. I assumed Goldar. Goldar, ugh, thumbs. This is a pretty neutral, but I want to put this on one side or the other, and I am going to push it onto the downside. Okay, let's let's leave it there for now because I, say, I can see yeah. that you want to talk more about this. I swear to you all, I will have seen this movie by next episode. <laughs> that's a that's a bold claim, but uh, we'll find out. Um, let's finish this off. We still don't know if Muggles. Are muggles oh, or if God they're nomadges? I brought this up with someone the other day, and yeah. they were very adamantly muggle. Really? Very adamantly okay. muggle. I, I mean, I could see it going on one side of the fence or other. There are strong arguments on either side of it, and one day we should just... You know what? We should like find a Harry Potter podcast and see what they have to say. Just ask them, the professionals. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Um, What are we moving on to now? We are moving on to our 90s spotlight so every week on the show we discuss something this is normally the intro that i give to the sponsor but now it's for the spotlight all right mixing things up a little bit this week's spotlight is on different foods so but before chris really gets into this 
the 90s were a time, I think, where, you know, everything was familiar. You weren't, you weren't expanding your food repertoire because I don't think the opportunities were there. I agree. At least not in the same way that they are now. Yes, very, very true. And yeah, food, I think, was kind of boring. Horizons were not expanded. Meals generally consisted of, you know, a main and a side. Maybe if you were were feeling really awesome, a dessert. Usually meat with something that isn't meat. We had chicken and potatoes, meatloaf and veggies, pork chop and salad, some combination of these. I think at the time, the most unique and interesting foods were probably pizza and tacos. Maybe the broad category of Chinese food existed too. Uh, but like, do you remember, you know, pizza being kind of the most ethnic food out there? <laughs> I don't think it was quite that bad, but there is stark stark contrast between what was available in the 90s and what is available now like my favorite food and i've said this a bunch of times is shawarma that was not available until in niagara falls until a few years ago and i don't Mm -hmm. think it was really popular like i think in at least in southern ontario until not too long ago like last 10 years kind of thing yeah and i think if, if you went into a big big city i'm sure toronto's had a shawarma joint for at least the past 20 25 years new oh, york sure. and and everything like that they definitely had different food options more more variety than we would have had but generally speaking most cities probably have a shawarma joint now most places probably have a couple sushi restaurants um even something as simple as a bagel, they weren't really that popular in the nineties. Do you? Oh, I grew up on that? bagels. In the nineties? Yeah, oh yeah. Like, where do you get them from? I loved bagels so much that when my mom, like my mom and dad, were actually concerned that I would not fit in with other kids who had sandwiches, who brought sandwiches to school, because I refused and I only ate bagels. Okay, that you might be a bit of an outlier there because I just don't remember them being that popular. I, I they existed. I don't think and- they were. Uh, like, uh, I remember, do you remember the Great Canadian Bagel? I fucking love the Great Canadian Bagel. There's it one in Hamilton, so cool. it is hot garbage, still but is the one, one in oh. London is magnificent. Yeah. You went to the one that we had in the falls. It was oh, around absolutely. the corner of your house, right? Do you remember that window they had into the into the bagel making thing and you could kind of see them being made? Oh, it's magic. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. But I, I don't think they were that popular. Did Tim Hortons offer bagels in the 90s? Yeah, Tim Hortons used to have jam because like my mom, my mom eats bagels, but only has them toasted with jam. Tim mm-hmm. Hortons back then had other options. They had peanut butter. They had jam like they would put it in a little cup for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a whole thing. Oh, that's pretty crazy. Um, But yeah, overall, I think these food options started to crop up in the 90s. They were maybe regarded as weird and different. And I guess that's something... That's something I like about now and dislike. Uh, I certainly like the variety of food we have available. Going out for shawarma is awesome. Um, But there was a simplicity of it. Uh, If you're going out to eat, only having five options, I guess, makes things a little simpler. Uh, But I guess guess it was a more simple time. I think a lot of this has to do with the, the, the rise of the internet. Yeah, like it, it's one thing to see a picture or even to have some unfamiliar food put in front of you. And does it look appetizing enough? Maybe it smells kind of weird and you're not interested. But once you see videos of, you know, f- 
different ethnic foods being made and like people enjoying them. I think it makes you more open to the idea of them. Okay, yeah, that could that could do it. Um and maybe just a, a shift in shift in culture, something. Either way, I'm glad we have sushi. I'm sure you're glad we have shawarma. Ab- I'm still glad we have pizza. Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah. pizza's delicious. It is. We should start Man. a pizza podcast. We should. I mean, we went for f- oh are you a little burned? Have you heard? Have you seen that like viral story going around about the three guys who drove to fucking West Virginia for McPizza? That is exactly where I was going with this motherfucking vice. So yeah. if you go back into our podcast archive, which isn't really an archive, just scroll down in your podcasting platform. Uh, I think it was our very first throwback Thursday, which was a little segment we were testing out and moved on from. Um, but our very first throwback Thursday was where Chris my girlfriend Talia and I told the story of how on our way down south to Bonnaroo, we took a three-hour detour through the mountains of West Virginia to visit one of two McDonald's in the continental United States that still serves McPizza. And we told you all about the journey and like they had a, they had a Big Mac poster in the window from the uh, 96 Summer Olympics. Like this place was incredible, like literally a gem plucked out of time itself and what was it, like a week ago, two weeks ago? Within the past couple weeks. Yeah, Vice publishes this fucking story of a couple guys who drive down from Ontario and go to Spencer, West Virginia, just to get McPizza. Like, they were the first assholes who did it. We were the first assholes who did it, assholes. Yeah. I mean, and there were articles even before us where they were mentioning it, and we fucking did it. I guess we had, it was a detour for us. It wasn't a full trip, but I just feel a little burned about it. I know we weren't the first ad. Kind of like, kind of like when we bit into that McPizza, probably about three minutes before we should have. Oh yeah, I scalded my mouth. Like even like toward the end of Bonnaroo, I was still feeling it. It was a beautiful pain, though. It was. <sighs> so every week on the show, we have a sponsor. I'm not going to go through the rest of that because I covered that type of intro with the '90s spotlight. Ooh, We're living yeah. and we are learning. This week, however, we bring you an actual bona fide genuine sponsor. Not Ooh. not genuine, not pony related. No. So this sponsorship. So this sponsorship comes from Scott Brown. Uh, I'll read you what he wrote and then maybe we can spend a minute or two talking about it. So Scott says uh, he wants to give a plug for the Austin Toy Museum in Austin, Texas, which is a place that's uniquely special for anyone who loves the 90s. It's a good day when supporting a special cause makes for a fun and wonderfully nostalgic experience. The Austin Toy Museum is run by an autism specialist who uses the museum to give job training and education uh, to folks with special needs. If that alone didn't make it worth visiting, the priceless collection of beloved but forgotten toys that are likely attached to some of your earliest memories will put a warm and lingering smile on your face. They have enough of an assortment of toys that anyone, regardless of age, would love the place, but it especially caters to those of us who grew up during and after the Reagan years. If you ever hoarded quarters to play classic arcade games, you'd be especially pleased with the limitless free play on all arcade games and home consoles that that come as a part of your museum experience. Uh, He says here that he knows that some of you may not get to visit this place due to geographical distance, probably us included. Um, but for most of you who live within a 4,000 mile radius of Austin, please do yourself a favor and check this place out, uh, because until we have a DeLorean to take us back to our childhood memories, the Austin Toy Museum is the closest we are going to get. Uh, This is high praise. Oh, yeah. And as if all of that weren't enough, these guys have a Simpsons day. 
What? So they do this once a year. So it says, come and join us for a full day of Simpsons toys, cartoons, video games, and even a special guest. They actually got the casting director who helped create the show and continued to work on it for over 25 years. That that's is, pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. that That's crazy. Um, and this is just super awesome. I mean, Austin just seems like a great place. Like, I, I really want to go there. They have... I don't know. They seem to have the coolest shit in Austin. That's where they do South by Southwest, right? That is where they do South by Southwest. Oh, it's on the list. Yeah, I really want to go there. Uh, for I mean, I'd love to go to South by Southwest, but even if I went a time that it wasn't uh, it wasn't going on, uh, they also have Austin C- Austin City Limits. That's another festival. Oh, um, that's true. And yeah, even just any time of the year, I think. Anytime you've seen like diners, drive-ins, and dives, I feel like there was like a twenty percent chance that one of the places he was visiting was in Austin. We should we should take a trip to Texas. Yeah, I uh, I would like to go to Austin definitely. More on that later. Uh, so next week we will be doing April sixteenth to twenty second, nineteen ninety six. Not to be confused with eighteen ninety six, which is a different year entirely. That is. Um... That is how time works. All right. You can find us online. Our website is stuckinthe90spodcast.com. Uh, you, you can email us if you want to drop us a line, say hello. If you want to be a $10 sponsor, that's something that we are clearly still doing. You can email us at stuckinthe90spodcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter yes. is twitter.com slash sit90s, sit90s. And you can find us on Instagram, stuckinthe90spodcast. You sure can. We've been posting more regularly lately. I have this uh, you've day been here there. Regularly. You know, shit happens. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll get back on that train as, as well eventually. Hopefully we'll have a, a decent feed of pictures and stuff going. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add to the podcast before we, uh, before we wrap this one up and ship it out to the internet? I don't think so. I, I think that's uh, about it. I will see the Power Rangers. I swear to God. Okay, good. I wonder if shipping was free in the 90s. You know what? Pro- that's something we'll look into uh, maybe next time. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. No uh, no real Amazon Prime or anything like that. Um, yeah, let's end this. All right. For All right, now. Guys, the podcast is, is now, now over. over.